0: Listeners, My name is Leslie
1: and I'm Liam and we are trading money stress for real happiness.
0: I love it. I love it. You are listening to seeds, which is a 15 minute debrief on common money challenges as we are both young professionals, as our listeners are young professionals, and we're inviting someone new every episode to plant a foundational seed on how to grow your wealth and unlock your ideal lifestyles. We're really glad you guys are here.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Today's (laughs) guest, we have in seat, Kendall Rankin, based in Chi-town, Chicago. (laughs) And uh, really excited to have Kendall because Kendall's a a coworker of Leslie and I in our nine to fives Mm -hmm. and a friend otherwise and somebody who inspires us every day. Um, Kendall's somebody that we met both in Chicago, Mm -hmm. um, have become very close with, started with her out of college, and she's really inspired us with, with some of her passions and she's gonna have some really valuable stuff to share. Don't wanna give away too much. Um, so we wanna ask, as we're focused on planting this seed to help trade money stress for real happiness, Kendall, what inspires you to find financial freedom or grow wealth or, or what is your why towards some of the things that you do in your passions?
2: Awesome. Well, first, thank you guys for having me, Leslie and Liam. This is super <laughs> exciting. Um, and I would say that's a great question. I think it's really important to be introspective and think about why this is important for each individual. Um, for me personally, it's really just having the autonomy over my life and being able to take care of the people that are important to me, but then also being able to impact causes that I relate with and that are important to me as well. So, really, just as you guys mentioned, money is like a currency for what you want to do. And Leslie taught Mm, me that.
1: Happy Friday. Happy
2: Friday. (laughs) So it's like, if I can, the reason I want money is so I can just do what I want to do. And so I think that is most important to me right now, is caring for people that I love, and then also uh, working for causes that
0: I'm really passionate about, and not just churning a wheel. Right, and I'm going to jump in here, Kendall, since you don't want to brag about yourself, and (laughs) talk about some of the causes that are important to you not only yes. killing it in her day job which she does um also buying a house at the age of 23 mm-hmm. buying a house at the age of 23 which we'll definitely get into more and then finally the founder of a nonprofit called the Diamond Campaign yes. dedicated to black women and elevating them across all areas of life so yes. um humble brag since Kendall doesn't oh, want to do it for thank you Leslie but- <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) really giving back to the community and I'm really glad you're here to weigh in not only because you're so active but also like we said because at the age of 23 you've actually just purchased your first home Mm -hmm. in Chicago Um, and today we've got an interesting question submitted by one of our listeners specifically around that so let me let you know what one of our listeners has said they are actually currently renting um, assuming that they're also pretty young maybe they just got out of school started their full-time job but they're considering buying a home. Um, They're not sure what this means from a savings side, how much they should be budgeting down, what their credit score should be, kind of a lot of uncertainty here Mm -hmm. um, and not really having a timeline. But Kendall, I'm curious because we wanna really get into, get really deep into this topic for this session. What are your initial thoughts? How would you start to frame your thinking, given that you just did this for our listeners? For
2: sure. Great question um from the the listener. So, one thing that I think is really important to understand is that it is okay to rent. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people are like, oh, I see such and such buying a house. I think, you know, and I need to go and buy a house and buy a, an investment property right away. But it is okay to rent. Like, people think you're throwing away money. You're not. You're paying for somewhere to stay. So that <laughs> that is just the first thing. Um, and what I'll say, too, is I think it's really important to be honest with yourself about your funds and the debts that you have, like your debt-to-income ratio. How much are you making? and how much do you already owe and understanding is buying a house right now feasible for me like if the furnace breaks do i have thousands of dollars to just Put towards it immediately. Um, if you know I have an unexpected expense here, there, like do I have reserves so that I'm prepared for the homeowners things? Because you're not able to call a landlord when <laughs> you uh, own a home; you are the landlord. So I think that's those are some things that I'm realizing now. I'm buying and thankful that I had some reserves um, within my own funds to utilize as I am making renovations and as I'm. Paying for new dryers and, and all of that, um, mm-hmm. so I think that's important. And then I can also kind of go into how much it cost for me in terms of down payment, closing costs, and what my overall experience was. Um, so I purchased a three bedroom, two bath condo in Bronzeville, which is a neighborhood in Chicago that is being gentrified. Um, it's right. South of South Loop, which is south of the loop. No, <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> um, makes sense. Yeah, right, it makes sense. <laughs> close to the water, so it's good real estate. It used to be um, where they had projects, but the, the city actually knocked down the projects and um, decided that it was since it, since it was such good real estate, they wanted to reinvest in the community, right? So mm. understanding the area that I'm looking at, I said, okay, Bronzeville is one that the city of Chicago has deemed that they want to invest in, so maybe
0: I should too. Mm-hmm. Kendall, mm-hmm. real quick mm-hmm. before you, because I really want to hear the details about like how much you saved mm-hmm. up like mm-hmm. I, I love your thought process about like where you wanted to buy yeah but I thought you made such a good point about if you are renting we're in our 20s we're in our 30s <laughs> even if you're okay. in your 40s like it's okay right. you know so because I feel that too I feel like here I am you know paving my way building up my portfolio like does a home need to be part of that? Right. Like what Like mm-hmm. Am I behind if I'm not doing right. that? So I'm curious, like, what were maybe one or two things that made you decide, mm-hmm. wait, renting is okay, period. Yeah. And in the next sentence, mm-hmm. I also still want to buy right now. Like, yes. what mm-hmm. walked you through pretty that? Important. And
1: can I add on to yeah. that question? I know <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty robust no question. 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 <laughs> but in addition to that, I want... Kendall, if you don't mind sharing some of the resources that helped you come to that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Where can some of our listeners that are trying to decide find further information or more help or people to go to? Yes, Mm -hmm. no, that's
2: a great um, question. So twofold on that. I'll start there and then I'll get to like, your sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry to really, oh, no. really build <laughs> no, up some, no, of the, that, some of the. No, no, this episode is thirty-five minutes long. So, in terms of what initially sparked me to want to, I guess I'm answering Leslie's first, but they all tie together. They all tie together. <laughs> so, yeah. what sparked me to want to buy? I will say, at first, it was seeing people my age, like purchasing so i had a friend a couple friends from georgia tech that were buying in like charlotte atlanta and i was like wow like they're my age similar incomes they're Mm -hmm. making things happen let me consider this i just hadn't Mm -hmm. even considered it Mm -hmm. um and then i had to kind of well one after that and i was like hey this seems like something i could potentially do i spoke with my financial advisor just about hey Is this something that's feasible for me right now with my savings? And at the time, it... It was like, it could be, but if you get wait another six months, so this, I would say this was around January, so I had about six months before it was like the actual closing. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of, if you think about it, a short time frame to turn around and say, hey, instead of renting, I want to buy. Um, but what I did also is started doing some market research and just looking on Redfin. Redfin was mm-hmm. super helpful to me because mm. it's the most up-to-date. I know people go to Zillow and some other places, but Redfin is like was like my... Uh, you know, place of choice. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so I would go on uh, Redfin, and they had a really unique tool where you could enter, you know, I want a two-bedroom, two-bath. And then they would show you all the properties in the areas, but then they would also show you the monthly cost. And you could play with the um, percentages. You could play with how much you would want to put down. And so that was really helpful, just seeing what would be feasible for me if I were to consider it. Um, And so then, from there, after talking with... Mm, here's another thing that inspired me. So mm-hmm. one of my friends that purchased in Charlotte, he was telling me how he had like a four bedroom, three bath and he rented out all the other rooms while he lived in the um in the, the house as well. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I was first introduced to, like, house hacking almost. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, when you think about, you know, multifamily units, you're living in an entire unit and renting out the other units. But he was doing what I call mini house hacking. So living in the house but also renting things out, airbnb mm-hmm. And he was making, like, three to $4,000 a month on top of his salary and not paying for anywhere to live. Yeah. So I'm like, this is something that if you have the initial capital to invest in... Then it makes complete sense for you to consider whether you're, you know, paying the full mortgage yourself or having a roommate or Airbnb. It is something that's very doable, and I think it's just is not something that people know that they can do, and they don't know how to like get around it with little tips and tricks. They think you need twenty percent down, which is great because it saves you from certain costs that you might incur in your monthly um, mortgage, but at the same time. You can put as low as three to five percent down and be able
0: to afford your mortgage um, and so one thing too i I like that you brought up at first was really anchoring around the abil- the idea of affordability mm-hmm. like it would be great you know you can make similar rental income, you can have a place that is your own start building out that portfolio mm-hmm. but like, is it affordable for you right now? And it sounds like that was something that was a really grounding factor for you mm-hmm. when you talked to your advisor. Right. And it was like, wait, actually, I'm close. Yeah, I'm like, I'm close, right? Um, yeah. Another detail you brought up, I think would be very, very helpful for folks that are thinking about doing this themselves is the concept of the debt to income ratio, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't know about, um, especially as we're coming out of school, have student loans, mm-hmm. or at least are just first getting our feet wet and making money. Um, mm-hmm. And that de- de- debt to income ratio so very simply put is how much monthly debt you're paying, um, minimums on credit cards, minimums on health bills, minimums on student loans, in comparison to your monthly income. Mm-hmm. So making sure that that is actually something that is that is attractive to lenders, mm-hmm. and just actually full disclosure, it was on Google as we're tra- talking right now, 43% is the magic number apparently, mm-hmm. uh, according to consumerfinance.gov. So lenders your mortgage bank is looking for a maximum of a 43% debt to income ratio. So they do not want you to be paying more than 43% of your take home income towards debt overall. Right. So if we're looking at, you know, hey, do I have loans? Do I have other bills that I'm trying to pay off? What's your current debt to income ratio? And then if we add in the fact that your mortgage payment is actually a debt that you're paying <laughs> off, are you gonna be above or below that 43%? I think right. that's a really, really good indicator to see is this affordable for me? And right. not just like, well, this is the same amount as my rent, so mm-hmm, I can afford mm-hmm, it, you know? Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. you, you don't
2: want to be house poor. And you yeah. know what I mean? And you want to be able to live the lifestyle that you're used to, maybe some sacrifices here and there. But you want to make sure that you're able to enjoy your 20s as it, as they are now, but then also thinking about how you can make investments that work for you, not against you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I,
1: and I think... Something that I've heard from some mentors and podcasts about real estate investing is you can't really time the market, but Mm -hmm. you can determine when the timing is right Mm -hmm. for you. And that's unique to each person. So I've heard uh, a strategy that might not be the best strategy from some (laughs) people of, oh, I'm going to buy a house next April.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like what if there are not deals next April? Like <laughs> you Don't you, like any of them You next ma- April. right, right. And and I don't mean this in a way where you shouldn't budget to hopefully have the capital to to buy a house mm-hmm. at by a certain date, but maybe there's not that one date where you need to have a house by. I think right. Week-to-week, houses come on and off the market, and I think you can find an opportunity in any market, in any city. Look at Kendall at 23 buying in Chicago, not Mm -hmm, a cheap place to live. Mm -hmm. I think you'll find those opportunities, and you can determine when the time is right, but don't rely on timing the market. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I think that is something
2: big, because originally when I was talking about buying with some people, they were like, you should wait for the market to crash and all of that. Some people were saying the market would crash in 2019, and look, it's 2019, the market hasn't crashed yet, probably Mm -hmm. will in 2020. I don't know <laughs> uh, but um I think it's just important that like whatever you choose as you mentioned it works for you and I was able to get like a three bedroom, two bath for a hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars, and so in Chicago, in and Chicago, it was, it was possible. and it's like on a a, a main street. It's mm-hmm. in a, a decent area that's coming up. So, and that was to me a deal. And so it's like I could have waited, but also my rent was up. So mm-hmm. it's like I if I was gonna buy, I was gonna buy around then or the next summer. So. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good one, so I, I went in. I agree with you on that, Liam. Yeah. Like sure. When it works for you.
0: Yeah. No, time mm-hmm. in the market and, I guess, time in your life, too. Yes. That's sure. That's yes. important. Different for everybody. Yeah. Kendall, you were about to, before I rudely interrupted oh you, God. talk about the numbers behind some of what you went, yes. th- what you went through. Um, specifically, I know you just said that you bought that place for one eighty eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um did you do 3.5% down? Did you do 5% down? Like how much did you have to budget Mm -hmm. to have, to be able to actually like go into those conversations Mm -hmm. and actually get closer to closing? Sure.
2: Yeah. So I know for me, I wanted to have uh, like, candidly speaking for my savings, specifically for like housing stuff about like Mm $15,000. Right. So, and that's, 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 what I the max I really wanted to spend when it comes to down payment, closing costs, and then just having some room for any renovations. In total. 15. In total. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fifteen. Just mm-hmm. you know, if I can't make it work, then I don't need to buy. You mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was my number. Um, And in terms of budgeting, I I really just kind of – actually, it's funny. I used a sheet that Leslie gave me probably a year (laughs) ago or more than a year ago when we first were talking about coming to LinkedIn um, and just seeing how much extra money I had. And since we're in sales, you know, we we can make more than what our on-target earnings are. Mm -hmm. So putting the money I made from, like, extra – uh, compensation towards that was really helpful. Um, and then just making sure that, you know, well, I did travel. I did go to brunch. <laughs> but making sure that I was cognizant of, okay, how much are you spending on Ubers? How much are you doing here? Where can you cut back costs? Um, so once I had that money saved up, I was like, okay, I can I can do this. So the listing price was $195. Um, I was able to negotiate to get it to be $188 plus the sellers gave me 3% seller's concession, mm-hmm. which basically means that they – give me they essentially since and also since my down payment I got the 3% conventional loan mm-hmm. essentially they covered my down payment mm. so it's like I didn't pay a down payment um and then from there closing costs were I had the $1,000 in earnest money, and then I think closing costs in total ended up being probably around Mm $5,000, which is low, and partially because my lender was not good, and he, excuse me, if you hear this, I'm sorry, but was not good. (laughs) And he gave me like uh some credits just because like of all the stuff that I had to go through like working with him mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so it, it was able to come down a lot, and also closing towards the end of a month mm-hmm. we're not supposed to close towards the middle um closing at the end of the month is always better just because uh, you pay like less of something I forget exactly what mm-hmm. um so put down about five thousand dollars. Uh, total to purchase the place and then my monthly mortgage is about it, it is 1426 so that's including everything PITI that's mm-hmm. like the HOA fee everything mm-hmm. um, and I was paying 1300 at my old place so to think that I, I'm spending 1400 about to build equity in a three bedroom two bath place that's gonna appreciate was like, okay, that's something doable. Like, I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a roommate who um, I looked at, like, market standard market price for what uh, a one-bedroom in Bronzeville would go for and um, gave, you know, listed it not listed mm-hmm. it as that but talked with people who would be interested and mm-hmm. and my friend kiera was and mm-hmm. so with that i'm reducing my cost from 1426 per month and mm-hmm. rent or mortgage payments mm-hmm. to about 476 mm-hmm. per month mm-hmm. total well you know without utilities but mm-hmm. and that's a big difference and i think one way um to build wealth is just you can either increase how much you're making per month or decrease costs. And mm, so mm. I took the route of decreased costs and hopefully soon increasing income. <laughs> but but yeah, so just building that like gap between how much you're actually able to take home every month uh, yeah. was was key for me.
0: Something you mentioned, Kendall, was the PITI, which I think a lot of people don't know about mm-hmm. when they're comparing rent renting to ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those listeners that that's new, PITI stands for principal interest taxes and insurance Mm -hmm. it's the all-in monthly cost of your place when you own um, not including utilities or other energy bills whatever that may be so yeah whenever looking at that um comparing the monthly payments from from renting to owning make sure that you're looking at not just the monthly payment on the mortgage Mm -hmm. but the entire PITI which includes some of the other things you'll have to pay for as an owner right um exactly but yeah I, I feel like we could talk about this probably for hours, and I'm really excited, Kendall, to try to learn more from you yes. as you continue this home ownership journey. Yeah. You're a get one, me. To get more. We,
1: <laughs> yeah, we, I think we have planted the seed on home owning versus renting. Yeah. What's okay? What to consider? Um, I want to make sure all of our listeners know how we can take that seed that we're bestowing upon them and ourselves. <laughs> And help grow that into a plant and into, hopefully, wealth and, and financial freedom eventually and a happier lifestyle. Yes. So, guys, do we have any actionable takeaways to help these seeds become plants?
2: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one is just taking a deep look at your budget. I mean, that's in anything. You Take a look at your budget and think about... Is buying a home right now, is it smart for me in my current situation? Because it's not gonna be the right time for everybody. Um also if you're interested in buying homes, just go to a couple open houses. Find some houses on Redfin that you think that you might be interested in and see if, if you you know, it's something that you would potentially want to look into and just you know, it never hurts to do some market research. Um
0: Yeah, I think, I think I think those are, I think market research is so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you said, Liam, too, about you know, timing the market. Like, I want to buy in April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> why don't we look and see what's right. out there now? <laughs> yeah. You know, Why don't we actually see if, if, right. if what you'd be buying or what you'd be investing into is something you're excited mm-hmm. about? Um, also, too, on the budgeting side, Kendall, you brought up two really good points. Um, number one being how much cash reserves you have, how much mm-hmm. you want to spend on, this investment, right. whether it's ten thousand or fifteen thousand or twenty thousand, and then related to that, how close are you? Yeah. Are you a couple hundred off? Are we a couple thousand off? Are we right. not even halfway there? Right. Um, that being a part of the budgeting process, and then the second part of the budgeting process being comparing that monthly rent to your debt to income ratio mm-hmm. and your PITI. Um, not just you know I'm paying fifteen hundred in rent right now, so I can afford a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage payment. Because right. there's actually a couple other steps. You there And also
2: something, too, is like 20 or, what was it, maybe 10% or 5% of your monthly income should go to, like, a a reserve for if something goes wrong in your house. Mm. So you should have keep that mm-hmm. in as you're working in your budget <laughs> if that is something you can do at this
0: time. Yeah.
1: I also, I'm sorry. No, no
0: you're I good. I was just going to say cuz Kendall, it was so exciting watching you move in and then that all the stuff with the oven. Oh. And
2: oh. man, God, I had I a was... gas leak in my mm-hmm. oven like 2 days in. So I had it was just crazy.
0: And like everything's fine now. Yeah, everything's... Like ev- everything <laughs> yeah. is great. The apartment is great. We we had a housewarming <laughs> party a couple of days ago. <laughs> all is well as the universe, but <laughs> seriously, that extra money is, is crucial. <laughs> Absolutely. And another
1: takeaway is know that your situation is unique. It's, it's mm-hmm. right, like I mentioned, don't try to time the market, mm-hmm. but understand when it's an ideal time for yourself. Don't feel pressured by others. Yeah. Understand that there are life events that could influence things, where you might want to move to in the next year. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it makes sense to continue to rent. Consider those things as well, not only the financials. Un- understand what's psychologically, mentally, best for you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Liam. I, I love it. I love the holistic approach because right, finances don't exist in a vacuum, they're really part of your life and just finding that fulfillment however you define it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sad to wrap up this topic for now, but I do want to take a moment to celebrate our incredible listeners who are along this journey with us. We're not just doing it alone. It's not just me and Liam and Kendall that are trying to find financial freedom. There are so many people doing the same. And today, actually, one of our listeners told me um, about how they, over the past nine months, have been working on an emergency fund, have been maxing their 401k. Oh, it's a real growth moment? A real growth <laughs> wow. moment from one of our listeners. Where did there, What is their
1: seed? What did it turn into? Keep oh, going.
0: my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so me, actually, we went to school together at Duke, um, and we had talked about personal finance for quite a bit. And this listener, you know, hadn't had any really necessarily deep conversations, but quite literally planted the seed on, wait, why is it important to be a good steward of my finances? Like, How could that help me in the long run? Recently reconnected with them this week and they have just felt like their entire livelihood in San Francisco, which as we all know is a really expensive place to live, has just completely changed. They feel so much ownership over their adult life and feel like they're actually saving towards being able to move back home in North Carolina. and that just made me so happy because these conversations are not just about financial literacy and some cool terms to know. It's how can we make, enable your career? How can we enable you to be closer to family? It just, I'm, I'm so impressed by you guys all the time.
1: Yeah, we love bringing up these stories. Um, we love to continue to learn from all of you. We, we hope you're on this journey with us, continuing to learn also. Um, we're all seeking happiness and going through this wealth journey together. We're so thankful that you're joining us. Happy Friday. Tell us about your challenges. Tell us about your growth moments. We want to continue to share ours and make this collaborative.
0: Yes, yes, Liam. I'm so glad you mentioned that because a big part of this show is number one, hearing about your challenges and number two, hearing about your real growth moments. So head to the description of this podcast to be able to share your experiences with us. We'd love to help you achieve your goals and celebrate what you do.
1: Yes. Please subscribe to Seeds, stay up to date with the community, as we're getting closer to financial freedom together and being continuous learners, I
0: love it. I love it. Yes. And obviously, huge shout out to Kendall oh, thank for you joining us. We're so happy you're here. Yes. Um, how can listeners follow up with you, follow sure. you, support your nonprofit? Yes, Engage. we're talking about yes. side hustles sometimes right. yes. too. So first in, she'll be back.
2: First <laughs> and foremost, you can follow at the Diamond Campaign. Diamond full out. <laughs> Um, and then if you'd like, you can just follow me on Instagram
0: at first in Rankin spelled out.
1: We will put both of those in our notes. We will find them in the notes.
0: We will. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll have another exciting episode for you and can't wait to hear about what you've been going through, too. That's all for now. Happy weekend. Woo! Bye. Signing off.